We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another video here on the Guilty as Charged podcast YouTube channel, one of my bolt breakdowns. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, free agency, and we're going to specifically talking about the biggest fish in the Chargers pond, that is Mike Williams. I do plan to kind of make this a series where I talk about the rest of the Chargers' impending free agents as well, in addition to maybe some free agents that they could acquire from other teams in free agency. Later in the week, I will be having Jason Reed Volpe on, uh, who will be talking about his free agency contract projections article and what he thinks the Chargers can really do going from there. But I do want to start with this video talking about Mike Williams and some of the things the Chargers can do with him, what should be expected of a contract, and ultimately diving into some of the 2021 stats to determine whether or not he kind of deserves that contract as well. But I'll also let you make up your own mind as the audience. Uh, so let's bolt up and talk about a little bit of Mike Williams. I first want to go uh, to everyone's favorite contract website, uh, SpotRack, when they you know have to find a contract that they can't remember or they're trying to find what a guy is projected to get in free agency. I generally feel like SpotTrack is a pretty good resource. Uh, so currently, Mike Williams is projected to get $16.7 million in average annual salary. If you uh, stretch that out to a four-year contract, that is about four years, 66 point, uh, about roughly 67 million for an average salary of 17, uh, 16.7, as they say here. There are some comparable contracts that I, I think probably would fit Mike Williams as this high-end wide receiver two type player, uh, which is kind of what he's going to be in free agency, regardless of which team he goes to. But you can sort of see Amari Cooper got $20 million really to be wide receiver one. But when it comes to Tyler Lockett, when it comes to Kenny Galladay, uh, Tyler Lockett got that four-year $69 million contract, average of about $17 million per year. And I actually think the Kenny Galladay contract last year is very comparable to what Mike Williams will get. Very similar age. Mike Williams is also entering his age 28 season. Uh, and probably a very similar base salary and kind of years that you could expect here. Now, I do think Mike Williams' production will ultimately be better than Kenny Galladay's because of the Chargers quarterback play it being a little bit superior to Daniel Jones and Mike Lennon. So I don't think much of a drop-off is, is too much of a concern 
or Mike Williams in this case, when talking about his contract. Um, but I would like to also go to what Pro Football Focus and the fine folks there have for Mike Williams as well. If you want to go to their projection, they project a four-year, $68 million deal worth about $17 million per year, around $40 million guaranteed. Um, so I also want to visualize what that contract is kind of like on the salary cap table, because I think it's one thing to talk about it and whether or not you would pay Mike Williams, but it's one thing to also see how it looks on the salary cap table and how much remaining flexibility the Chargers have after signing Mike Williams. So I'm going to first make a move here, which I think is pretty obvious. The Chargers save about $11 million by cutting Brian Balaga, uh, the oft-injured tackle that they you know, tried to sign back in 2020 when they missed out on the Brady sweepstakes. But you kind of just admit it's one of those things that hasn't worked out. Tom Telesco kind of built that contract for this reason to give them some cap relief in the event that things didn't work out. So uh, let's submit that cut. You can see that the Chargers are about to jump from 57 million in cap space to about 67.8. So they do save roughly over uh, 10 million. Now, if you want to sign Mike Williams to the franchise tag, which I think is likely considering the Chargers, you know, wanting to keep him uh, and and not risk losing him to free agency, that cap number would clock in at about 19 million, replaced by the Chargers, you know, and Mike Williams potentially agreeing to a four-year contract, or he would just play under the salary cap. But if he does play under the salary cap, you can see that the Chargers uh, lose about 19 million in cap space, and you can kind of do plus and minus with the Brian Balaga contract, right? So roughly, if the Chargers are to franchise tag Mike Williams, they would have 48.74 million on the cap space here, roughly 50 million, right? Uh, so I think that's the important thing when talking about this to get kind of a good starting point. Of course, if Mike Williams actually ends up signing a four-year contract fairly earlier in free agency or is tagged and then signs a four-year contract, you know, Tom Telesco likes playing around with his cap numbers. So the Chargers could actually get a little bit more cap relief if Mike Williams signs a four-year deal as opposed to just being on the one-year standard franchise tag where you can't really mess around with the cap. Uh, as we've seen Telesco do in the past. So I think this is a pretty good resource uh, over the cap. Generally speaking, is a pretty good resource when talking about free agent contracts and projections. So uh, I just like visualizing that as well. But I'd also like to go back to the fine folks at PFF and talk more in depth about Williams's 2021 season and what he can kind of do going forward and whether or not he's deserving of this contract. Right. Uh, so, you know, they sort of do mention that Williams's season was kind of broken into these two sections or three sections, actually, I would say, right? He sort of comes out on fire those first five weeks, cools back down to earth a bit where he struggled creating separation, had some drop balls that were pretty costly, um, but then has that stretch towards the end of the season, the Vegas game, the Cincinnati game, uh, the Denver game, where he is kind of breaking out in that context, right? And if you actually look at just the stats from week to week, I think that's backed up pretty well, right? Um, you, you do have this opening stretch where Mike Williams was just on fire heading into that uh, you know, Baltimore game where then the struggle started. This 11-yard game against the Raiders also could have been a lot better if Justin Herbert hits him on what should have been a touchdown. 
uh, and Mike Williams would have probably had another 50 or 60 yards here uh, in addition to a touchdown. So that's the unfortunate thing that they weren't able to connect on that play. Um, but that was more on Herbert than it was on Williams. But then, you know, Williams did have this midseason point where he kind of struggled creating separation and specifically struggled with a little bit of bracketed coverages. Uh, Baltimore kind of shut him down. New England, probably his worst game of the season. Philadelphia has the big 30 or 40 yard catch, which kind of kept them in that game. But aside from that kind of struggled, would have only had one reception. Uh, and then the Minnesota game, he also kind of struggled there while some other receivers and, and running back options, you know, kind of excelled around him. So that's sort of a concern. Then you do have the stretch where he sort of starts to get his groove back towards the end of the season. 97 yards against Pittsburgh, 110 against Cincinnati, uh, 61 against the Giants, 63 against Denver, including that big touchdown. And uh, ultimately 119 against the Raiders, one of his best performances of the season. I would actually say by volume, probably his most important performance of the season as well, considering when it happened. Uh, and it's kind of the last memory that a lot of GMs or you know, contract people around the league will think of when thinking about Mike Williams entering this free agency. Uh, so, you know, ultimately, what an amazing game um, he had against the Raiders here to kind of close out the season and maybe put a bookmark on a 2021 that some people thought was, you know, high potential uh, when he showed that in games, but also a little bit inconsistent. Um, I do want to talk more in depth about what PFF has kind of said about his strengths and weaknesses. They do have his vertical route tree, his size, and contested catches as a strength. I think when you talk about his vertical route tree, um, and I'll actually use some stats from Player Profiler to show this, Mike Williams did become a bit of a better route runner, right? Um, I think that's the important thing when sort of discussing his season. He's not going to be, you know, Keenan Allen or anything like that. Um, I think that's, you know, too much to expect of Mike Williams, especially for what his, you know, quickness and relative athleticism is. But if you actually look at a pretty crucial stat, I, I like to look at yards per route run to determine, you know, sort of how receivers are doing on their routes he was 61st in 2020 but if you actually go to 2021 most recently mike williams improved in yards per route run by uh, about 0.5 yards and was 20th in the league amongst receivers still not great but he did show more of an ability to kind of run those slant routes and run those concepts that joe lombardi talked about back in the 2021 uh, offseason Right. Uh, when he sort of had this vision of Williams being this Michael Thomas X receiver um, slant boy that would kind of really improve his route running. Uh, and he did, you know, for what it's worth. I think that's important to mention as a free agent. And it kind of makes you wonder if Mike Williams can also improve in some of the other categories heading into his relative prime stage here. Um, so I, I think that that's going to be interesting to see. Of course, size is important as well. There's not a lot of 6'5 receivers that are growing on trees, at least last time I checked. So uh, I think that's going to be really important. Uh, you just can't find a lot of guys that are going to go up and get contested catches like him as well. Uh, and so that is maybe a situation where you say, oh, well, there's a Drake London in the draft or there's some other guy that the Chargers can go get. But, you know, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get one of those high tier kind of elite pass catchers uh, or contested catch size guys 
as well. Like those guys are really hard to find for a reason. Um, now getting into some of his weaknesses, PFF talks about his injury history, and this is something that Tyler as well as uh, Steven has, have mentioned as well. I do think Mike Williams has sort of an extensive injury history. If you go back to his rookie year, um, that was obviously the year where I think he had the back issue that held, held him out for a lot of that season after the you know explosion he sort of had in the Rams game uh, and then didn't really play much outside of that. But if you actually go back through his seasons, while there have been some nagging injuries, he's managed to play at least 15 games every year uh, going back to uh, 2018. This year, he would have played all 17 games had he not tested positive for COVID. Um, so I, I think that is the thing that's worth pointing out here when it comes to Mike Williams' durability is in the last three years, he's been able to stay on the field. Uh, and so I think the injury concerns are a little bit overstated. There always will be some injury risk. Uh, I think when talking about a contested catch receiver who's going out for jump balls and putting his body on the line, uh, that's just going to kind of exist. I wish Mike Williams would land better, but ultimately it hasn't really affected his, you know, availability in recent years. And I think that's the main thing that GMs or people around the league will pay attention to when talking about injury history. He doesn't necessarily have that one injury that makes you really concerned, like a, a bad knee or something along those lines. Um, his underneath pass patterns and quickness this is a weakness that I think Mike Williams hasn't really improved on. Um, while his yards per route run and some of the route running has gotten better in terms of adding routes to his tree, Mike Williams still isn't really going to jump off the line and scare a lot of cornerbacks. As you can see here with target separation, Mike Williams uh, places 91st in the league in 2020 with 1.28 yards uh, of you know separation per target. Then in 2021, it didn't really improve. He got better by about 0.14 points, but was still 92nd in the league. So if you go from 91st to 92nd, you kind of were the same thing from year to year when it comes to target separation and trying to get away from corners off of the line of scrimmage. So I think that's going to be the thing that people talk about with Mike Williams. He did improve as a route runner and added routes to his tree but he doesn't really have that quickness or burst to get off the line of scrimmage like you would want him to in some situations. Um, this is also PFF's write-up when it comes to the scheme, fit, and role. They do link him to the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think is interesting uh, as a wide receiver too for a team that kind of needs wide receivers behind Devonta Smith or a potential number two opposite Terry McLaurin uh, with Washington. So, that is kind of what I think Mike Williams's market is. He ultimately is a high-end wide receiver, too, uh, that I think a lot of teams might go after. So that that's sort of what I think the value for him is going to be. And I, I think that's very you know fair in their contract projections of about 17 or 18 million per year. The thing to also add about making 18 to 20 million per year in the case of Mike Williams is that the cap is also going up by 30 million dollars. So I do hear sentiment from Chargers fans sometimes that well, they can't really afford to pay him that money or that's just too much. But 17 or 18 million in a year where the cap is going up by 30 million compared to what it was last year. is actually a little bit of a deal when talking about Mike Williams uh, and his potential production going forward. So um, the ultimate bottom line here is that Williams is showing he can be an elite big play threat on offense. You would like some more consistency 
but uh, he would he is going to be a coveted free agent if he ultimately does hit free agency and the Chargers don't tag him. Uh, so that's going to be the, the question with Mike Williams is how much the Chargers think he is above replacement. Uh, this was also the issue with Hunter Henry and wanting to keep him. I do think the Chargers wanted to keep him prior to the pandemic, but then the pandemic tightened budgets and they didn't really end up keeping Hunter Henry uh, and they wanted to make moves somewhere else. Felt he was replaceable. And, you know, they were kind of right on that one. Jared Cook does have some high profile drops or did in the 2021 season, but his production was actually pretty close to Hunter Henry's as a whole. Uh, So the Chargers weren't missing a whole lot there. Uh, So that's going to do it for my video talking about Mike Williams uh, and what his 2021 free agency or 2022 free agency, I should say, will bring. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And as always, I will see you guys next time. Bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.